The third lesson is from the second verse of Matthew. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you noticed as we did our prayers of the people that we address Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, that he is from a particular place, and place names and locations are very important throughout the Bible because it conveys to us that God is not a disembodied spirit, not a remote spirit, but that his plan of redemption takes place in real time, and that the story of Advent, the story of Christmas, takes place in real time, in real places. And we've talked so far in our series on the places of Advent. We've talked about uh, Bethlehem and Nazareth, and we talked about dreams. We talked about the desert. Now this morning we're talking about home. And the part we didn't read has Joseph and Mary fleeing to Egypt and then returning to a place that will become their home, and we're asking the questions about what is home, what constitutes home, and what will it look like, and how we know when we get there. There's a writer who was uh, formerly a professor at Yale. His name is William Derizovitz, and he moved here to Portland about 10 years ago uh, where he began to uh, write full-time. He was teaching English. And he's a writer of what he calls impersonal, impersonal essays and non-creative nonfiction. But shortly after arriving here, he writes this in an essay about Portland. The people here, I've found, are like the climate, mild and lacking in extremes. The city often strikes me not so much as Western, but Midwestern. It's Mayberry with tattoos. A lot of the young people who flock here and who give the city so much of its look and character originate in places like Minnesota or Michigan or Missouri. They leave to escape the Jesus and hopelessness at home. They come because they feel like freaks and want to find a place where they can wear their hair spiky and put rings in their eyebrows. But they don't realize how much of Minnesota and Michigan and Missouri that they bring with them. And we're talking about home as a place of Advent. And for many of us, maybe most of us on a typical Sunday would be home here in Portland, but on a week like this where many people are, quote-unquote, home for the holidays, and you may be visiting with us, you'll have to kind of uh, translate this a little bit for your hometown. But this writer moved here 
to Portland as a deliberate choice to leave behind some difficult, challenging circumstances in academia at Yale. And Portland is a place that is full of people that are very similar to him, people that are leaving something behind, often somewhat repressive religious climates. And they're questing for something new in their journey to Portland. They're searching for a sense of belonging that perhaps they didn't feel at home. And many of us who call in town home have traveled thousands of miles away from home in a search for a cure to our homesickness. And so we want to start just by asking, what about you? Why are you here? Why are you here in Portland? Because statistically, you didn't grow up here. Very few of us grew up here in Portland and consider this our hometown. It is a, a city of, of immigrants from other parts of the country. And where is home for you? Do you at times feel lost in this world? Do you have this vague ache that something just isn't quite right with your existence? The question of who am I and where is my journey leading is still a vexing question, perhaps. Now, Katie and I and our family moved here 10 plus years ago with a stopover for about four years in the Bay Area, but most of you know I grew up in the South, and when people ask me if I'm going home for the holidays, that generally means, am I going home to Alabama? But a few years after moving here, I began to feel more like a resident here and less like a tourist, where you're driving around just looking at everything and taking it all in, and every neighborhood is new, and we would fly back from home into PDX, and it would feel like returning to real home, what had become my adopted home. And even being rooted, even having a sense of place and feeling like this is where we're going to be for as far as we can tell in the future, I still had this sense of general homesickness at times. You see, I had spent over three decades of my life in the South, and even though I deliberately left and didn't want to go back, I did feel this absence, this loss of something, this nostalgia for the familiar sights and sounds of life in the South that represented this very long, very slow-cooked idea of home. And I could remember the smells, and I could remember the taste, and the sounds, and the people. And even though I had moved here on purpose, there was still this sense of homesickness because those things represented for so long a concept of home. I guess the question that, that all of us ask or should ask is, where is home really to be found? Where is the cure for homesickness to be secured in an increasingly flag fragmented and increasingly globalized economy and globalized world. Many of us are geographically displaced. This isn't our hometown. We have moved here. 
And many of us are intentionally nomadic. We go where the job is. And many of us are rooted more in a, an idea, a type of place, than an actual place. We could feel at home in, in many of the urban centers around the country or maybe even around the world because that type of place represents home, not necessarily a, a specific place. And I would imagine that Joseph and Mary and eventually Jesus as he grows up have that sense of rootlessness, have that sense of being displaced, probably wondering, can they go home again? And will it seem like home when they get there? God, you see, had shown up to them in dreams, in very specific, very unsettling ways. Twice to Joseph, once where God announced the birth of Jesus to him, and this threw his sense of comfort, his sense of orientation into disarray. It's very strange circumstances of this baby who is not his biologically, that he is now to be the parent of, who is, oh, by the way, going to be the Savior of the world. And now he's being told to take Jesus to Egypt, who is meant to escape from Herod, who is going to kill all of the children in Bethlehem in order to kill a particular one, and then in a dream to re return. And so you can probably imagine how disoriented Joseph feels, how homeless perhaps he feels. Egypt in the Jewish consciousness was the very opposite of home. It was the, the place of slavery. It was the place of exile. It was the place of abandonment by God. And God is telling him to take his family to this place that is known by Jews now for centuries as the place of exile, the place of abandonment, and to call that home at least for a period of time. That that will now be, by God's dictate, a place of refuge. Because why? Because that's where God was. That's where God was leading them. This question of, are you going home for the holidays, can be a confusing one, and it can be answered geographically. It can be answered existentially. It can be answered spiritually. And sometimes if we've moved here intentionally, we may go home to a place that now finds us unrecognizable. Why would you want to live in a place like Portland if you're from the Midwest or you're from the South, your parents may ask you. And we return maybe feeling a little bit like cultural outsiders to the people and the place that nurtured us and nurtured who we are. Or maybe we go home for the holidays to our hometown and in closing that geographic distance between ourselves and our relatives, it actually exposes the emotional, relational distance that we feel between us and our parents. It becomes even more pronounced the closer we are. Well, it turns out that if we are looking for a true, lasting home, that for the Christian, the one who follows the Jesus story, that home is not 
a place in particular, but in fact, it's any place. It's not a place, but it's any place. It is the intersection of the transcendent and the imminent. The transcendent God makes himself imminent in a certain place, and where he is, home is. The spiritual, the eternal, is made resident in physicality. It always is made resident in physicality, in bodies, in places, in people. This is what we mean by the good news of the incarnation, what we celebrate at Christmas, that that which is eternal, that which is transcendent, makes its home in that which is temporal, that which is grounded, that which is embodied. And the question of where is home for the Christian is really answered at the manger in Bethlehem. You see, this is the place that God made his home with us. That he took up residence with us, not scorning the virgin's womb, not scorning our flesh, but inhabiting it and being born as an outsider. Home, at the end of the day, is where Christ is. And for Mary and Joseph, this was their only choice if they were to follow God because their son was now in danger. And so home would necessarily be where Christ was. In a sense, they were following their son to protect him. And where he went, the presence of God was. And for us, if we are pursuing, if we are looking for home, home is where Christ is. Where are you this morning? Where are you this new year seeking to find home? I mean the concept of home. Where are you looking for a cure to that, that ache, that sort of latent dis-ease with the way things are, and the way your life is? Where are you seeking to find a cure for your cosmic homesickness? Maybe it is in moving to a new city, one that more reflects and reinforces your values. Perhaps it's by creating a name for yourself. It's pursuing the next opportunity so that you can achieve what you feel called to achieve. Or maybe it's accumulating relationships that feel like a community to you. And none of this, there's nothing wrong with any of these decisions or pursuits, but we have to remember that they are, impar- imp- they are partial. They are incomplete. The gospel story, you see, is that Christ left his home in order to bring you to your eternal home. And this is more than just a a feeling of warmth or comfort, a sense of the familiar. It is more than just moving towards that which feels nostalgic. It is more than just having an adequate community and a number of friends. He came to answer the questions that are underneath all of those pursuits. 
He came to answer your deepest questions, your deepest longings, to answer the question of why you feel displaced, why you feel lonely, why you feel homeless even when you're home. The reason is that without Him, without His life incarnated into yours, that whatever place you happen to be, you are still displaced from, you are separated from the one whose relationship, whose life makes you the most human and most at home, even in a world that doesn't always feel like it. He leaves his home, you see, in order to bring you home. And my hope is that this week, that this year, that you as individuals, that us as a church, that we would take note of that homesickness that we feel. Maybe it is attached to a place, or maybe it's just this generalized longing for something that we're not sure what that we want. There's this gap. There's this vacuum. There's something missing to life. And some of that is very God-sent. Some of it is very appropriate. It is a dis-ease with the world as it is, and we are meant to feel that so that we might seek out a real, lasting, eternal home, being home with the one who made us and loves us unconditionally. Let's pray. Father, I pray that all of us would take note of the feelings we feel, the aches that we have, the pains that are lingering, the sense of lostness that we feel, and I pray that it would not lead us to despair, but that we would notice these longings as reasons to reach out for you, that they might be in some way, though painful, given to us for a reason. And I pray that if we find ourselves this morning as Christians, having connected our story to you, that we would honor the fact that, that we are meant to be aliens and strangers in this world because we are meant to make our final, our full, our ultimate home with you. And I pray that as we come to this table, that you would prepare our hearts to find an appropriate unease with the world as it is, with our lives as they are, and that we would find our home, our rootedness, not in what we do, not in what we are becoming, but in what you are, who you are, and what you have done for us. And we pray in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen.